What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Neck Derp's Nest. I am your host, Chris Prigion. I've uh, got a fantastic show for you guys today. Uh, as you may notice, based on the title, uh, this is part one of two with my guest today, uh, Mr. Tim Daniel. Now, I'll break it down into two parts because we, we got into some great discussion. Uh, this episode is going to be about the previews of the NBA, NBA Finals, uh, which obviously, uh, when this is being released, Game 1 has already happened. Uh, but our discussion that took place was before Game 1. Uh, so, just a little disclaimer on that. Uh, and also, we're going to discuss our top three heels in the NBA history. You know, the bad guys that have ran the NBA world. Uh, the part two, the next episode, is going to be pretty much going over the AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view that just happened here recently. Um, I definitely recommend checking out that card if you haven't already. It's on Bleacher Report. Uh, I think I saw somewhere that you can stream it for like $2 now. So definitely check that out, um, even if you're not a wrestling fan. But I'll get more into that later. Uh, you may notice my voice is a little different right now. Um, I I just switched jobs. I got a new job at a different casino, and I'm working swing shift now, working mostly 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. So uh, my body is still getting used to uh, the change right now, and even though I'm awake, my voice is not awake yet. So this is this is what Erin gets to hear every morning when she wakes up. You know, so, hey baby, how you doing? Good morning to you. So. Um, one thing about this new job, man, that uh, is really huge, especially for me, because you know I've, I've been kind of struggling a little bit with my uh, my mental health, my anxiety here lately, is that I'm I'm in a much more positive work environment, um, and which is kind of strange considering the place where I'm working, literally today is going to be under brand new ownership. Uh, so that's that's pretty crazy. So even though they're going through a transition of ownership. Uh, it's just a, such a much more positive place to be. Um, everyone has smiles on, you know, uh, someone who really impacted my life uh, was my head football coach, Bryson Warner. Um, and he would always preach the, you know, power of positivity and, you know, just everything that everyone around you, how they can affect you, you know. And, and it's true. And right now, you know, I'm around a lot of happier people. I'm not saying people at my last job weren't happy. Just overall, just wasn't that positive of a place to be for me. I wasn't a fan. Uh, you know, not knocking that establishment. It just wasn't for me. Uh, but I'm much happier where I am now. Um, I have a drive to work now like a 50-minute drive, which I'm not used to. And I was really not looking forward to it because I just don't really like driving, honestly. I guess living in a city uh, kind of spoiled me in Baltimore where I could just walk everywhere. Um, but it's really nice to have that drive to yourself and just get some inner zen just to, like, be yourself. And, uh it's just nice to have quiet... You know, I've been listening to the Serial podcast. Uh, my wife told me, she's been telling me for years to listen to it. Um, but I'm finally listening to it. And just to have that to listen on the ride. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I loved riding to work every day with my wife when we worked together in my last establishment. But uh, <laughs> it is nice to have, you know, 
times myself in the drive, which is really cool. Uh, one thing that does stink though is she's still pretty much on day shift and I'm on swing shift, so our off days are what we're going to be spending together instead of you know pretty much every waking moment when we used to ride together and everything. So, but hey, everything happens for a reason. I'm in a happier place now. I believe my wife is happier now because I'm not working where she is anymore. So she kind of gets uh, she doesn't have to stress about you know my mental health there anymore. She can just do her job and she's good, which is fantastic because she has an actual important job unlike me um but yeah i'm just touched again on that i'm just in a much happier place right now and i don't know i guess probably has a lot to do with the fact that spring's here now sun's out more because here in the winter man it sucks i'm straight out with you the winter here sucks barely any sunshine it's cold it's windy not a fan of the winters here but hey cost of living is cheap here compared to Baltimore so uh yeah it is what it is but yeah enough about that um I say we just go ahead and get into it we bring Mr. Tim Daniel on here uh but before we do that let's hear a nice little ad so you can hear more of my sexy voice so without further ado once again Mr. Tim Daniel All right, my man Tim, thank you very much for coming back again onto Nagderp's Nest. How you doing, my man? Man, I am great. I'm excited to be here. I'm uh, fired up, man. It's going to be fun. Lots to talk about. I'm glad you're fired up because, as we know from last time, you did like 25 interviews in one day, and mm -hmm. you sound like you just got done running a marathon, and you sound a lot more awake today. <laughs> Yeah, so my uh, my my media requests this week were a little bit more spread out. So I did a uh, did a little radio in Raleigh, North Carolina, this morning with my buddy Randy Slack, um, and then tomorrow I'm doing a couple things. Uh, we're recording at large bid tomorrow. We recorded forty or uh, for shot callers. I did their show on Sunday. So yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm a little spread out this week, a little more than normal. So I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I'm excited too. Uh, before we get started, I did see that uh, you know you're working with Slack. I saw your tweet earlier. Uh, can you touch on that real quick? What exactly were you doing with that uh, Wilmington? Because I heard you were apologizing to Hornets fans. <laughs> yeah. So Randy used to work in Cincinnati. Um, Randy used to actually produce the Reds games. So. Okay. Randy was basically Marty Brenneman's producer for years. Oh, wow. And then he produced for Mo Egger and Lance McAllister, who are, like, my mentors. Mm -hmm. um, so I got to visit quite a few times when I was, like, trying to get my name out there in this business. And I had a really good relationship with Randy. Randy's in the wrestling and a lot of stuff I am. Um, so Randy moved to Pittsburgh for a little bit, and now he's in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's hosting his own sh uh, afternoon show on ESPN Wilmington. So he asked me to come on and talk about the finals, kind of talk about the NBA offseason, and a little bit about the Hornets. So um, I basically went on there and shit on the Hornets, uh, not intentionally because I love the Hornets, um, but basically said they're damned if they do, damned if they don't in regards to Kemba Walker because they are strapped for cash and it is not a good situation. Mm -hmm. um, so, But I, I love Randy. I, I really enjoy talking with him. Uh, me and him have had a joke for a long time that we were going to start a cover band to do the whole Rocky Four soundtrack. Um, so we talked, we hit on that a little bit. Um, he just really wants to do living in America by James Brown. That's really the only reason he wants to do it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but Randy's a good dude, man. Um, he's a guy who's been in the business a long time and 
what I'm like struggling and I've kind of hit a plateau, he's a guy I can reach out to and be like, okay, what do I need to do to take the next step? And he's always been there for me. So that's awesome, man. It's a, uh, it's definitely key to have mentors. You know, I'm, I'm pretty lucky to have you in my corner right Aww, now. So thanks bridge. Absolutely. My dude. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. You can have someone to reach out to cause I know for my end, I definitely need that. So, <laughs> um, but so you went on there to talk uh, about some NBA finals preview, which is glad you brought that up because that's one of the reasons why I brought you back on here today. Yeah. As we know, tomorrow, well, when this comes out yesterday, uh, <laughs> so this is coming out on Friday, the NBA finals start on Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get some NBA finals talk with you. It's been mm-hmm. uh, the, the West, the West uh, went how we all predicted it to go. The, sure. The, the Warriors are there. It was, it was the East that was always a question of who was actually going to be facing the Warriors. Um, so before we can get into the finals, exactly, what are your thoughts on how we got to the finals as far as what ha- the Warriors, you know, they had a big test losing KD, Boogie, still questions about him. So what are your thoughts on them so far? They're the best brand in basketball. There's no way of getting around it at this point. Um, it used to frustrate the hell out of me, but I think that was more or less because LeBron was playing against them every year, and I want to see LeBron overcome the obstacle that was the Warriors. Um, I always joke that the Warriors are basically like the NBA's version of Megazord from the Power Rangers, <laughs> where like at the end of the at the end of the episode when it's like shit, this doesn't look good, they like put their hands together, Absolutely. and they would all be yeah. So. And Steve Kerr was basically Zordon. Like, there's no way around it. Um, Who's wrong. Alpha? Would that be Mark Jackson? To be Alpha, I would have to say that would probably be Bob Myers, the general manager of the, of the Warriors. Okay. Yeah. Um, because he's still kind of there to guide the light and make it all happen. He's behind um, the scenes, but he's important. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Um, but, you know, with Golden State, you know, everyone thought Houston was going to be the biggest obstacle. And they took care of them in six um, if you think about it, man, since they lost to the Cavaliers in 16, they have played in, tw- let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. So this would be their 10th series, if I have my numbers right. They've gone to game seven once since then. So if they finish you, they finish you fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they had a lot of weird turmoil this year, a lot of stuff that went up and down. Um, at times, looked very vulnerable. But at the end of the day, like I said, the best brand in basketball is going to still overcome. And, you know, say a lot of people are kind of turning on Steph Curry now that he's winning all the time. And I used to not like Steph. And now I've become the other end where I enjoy watching Steph play. Um, so I, I appreciate what they do. You know, it's hard not to. Uh, they play beautiful basketball. I know they're loaded. But they built that team from the ground up and just happened to sign Kevin Durant and guys like Andre Iguodala to kind of be the piece, the puzzle pieces they needed to go with the – the homegrown players. Right. Yeah, I, I've always uh, had a special place in my heart for Steph Curry. Um, so, obviously, with me being a LeBron fan, I've wanted the Cavaliers to beat them these past years. And, they, you know, they, they got through one. But, you know. Uh. I've said many a times, not to cut you off, um, the 2016 NBA Finals is the most important finals in NBA history. Go back. It, before I continue, why do you say that? It is the promise being delivered. It is the greatest regular season team in NBA history. It is... 73-9. Yeah, regular, yeah, greatest regular season team. It is overcoming the obstacles. It's the first time that some, a team has had their backs against the wall like that. It's the block. It's the shot. It's 
Kevin loves mm. Kevin loves defense on Steph Curry with the game on the line in Game Seven. It's you know there's a game I think it's Game Six. Kyrie and LeBron both score 41 points each to bring it to Game Seven. Game Five, you know, Draymond's out. The Cavaliers take advantage of it. There's the drama of the suspension. Was he out because of technical fouls? Why was he out? He was out because he punched LeBron in the balls. So pretty much something for. Yeah. Yes. Dray, Dr- old Draymond, not the new Draymond. Yes. Old Draymond. Yes. Which we'll get on to new Draymond here in a second. Um, but I've always, like I said, I, I've always had a soft spot uh, for Curry. Um, with that being said, I was born in Charlotte. I don't know if you know this. I did not. So I've always hated Kobe because of what happened to the Hornets. And you know the history of him. Oh, that wasn't his fault. But you know, you know, as a fan, it's his fault. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so you so, did not buy any of the Kobe Draft Day sneakers that are in Hornets colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. So that was just a south, uh, uh, hard spot for me with Kobe all those years. But obviously, he's one of the greatest of all time. Not the best, Luster. Sorry about you. Um, but he's one of the greatest of all time. So you have to respect his game. But with me being born in Charlotte. Uh, that's where my father's side of the family is. Uh, my nana, rest in peace, lovely woman. Uh, I don't know exactly how this happened. Uh, being a huge member of the church, just like the Currys are, I don't know if they went to my nana's church. But my nana used to babysit Steph Curry. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how. My dad told me this. You know, obviously, there's not any physical proof because of like confidentiality reasons you can't be taking pictures of kids and like you know whatnot but like oh not in churches what <laughs> yeah uh but yeah so like my family's always been a huge supporter of steph curry you know with them being from charlotte and everything uh obviously big fans of dell from back in the day um you know us and also my dog his name is curry not because of steph curry but because of the spice so. because of the dish yes yeah, yeah. So my wife, obviously, she loves Steph Curry because of the name. And also, it, if and when we ever have kids, they will most likely either look like Blake Griffin or Steph Curry. So, you know, that's <laughs> that's that. <laughs> Hopefully uh, we can have him shoot three-pointers because I don't think our kids are going to be playing football. Uh, <laughs> not with everything going on. But yeah, so I've always had a soft spot for him. Um. So we know they're they are the poster of what the NBA excellence is mm-hmm. right now. Um, so we kind of knew what they're going. But as far as the East, uh, can you catch us up with everything that's happened up until this point? Because there's been a lot of craziness, and not even just about Drake, just everything else that's happened in the East. Uh, what are your thoughts that about what's going on there so far? Really, those first four seeds, so Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, and Boston. You mm-hmm. could have made a case for all four teams to be where the Raptors are, are right now. Right. Um, you know, Philly, by far, had the biggest group of talent, but it was figuring out how to get all those guys to play together in time. with having. Are, like, you, are you let down by Philly right now? Not really. Because so, they're young? No, 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 no. They're really not that young when you think about it, honestly. Um, but they really, like, that, the, the foursome of... Simmons and Bede Butler, Tobias Harris had 30 games to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, maybe if they had another another cu- another month or so before the playoffs, maybe it would have been a little better. Um, but I thought they were the most talented group as far as on-the-court talent. But, the psych- you know, learning to play together took a minute. 
Right. Um, now I don't know what's going to happen with that team. There's you, there's cases Butler's going to come back. There's cases Butler should isn't. If I were him, I'd come back. Uh, but that's that's neither here nor there at the moment. Um, so Philly loses Toronto on that insane Kawhi Leonard shot in Game Seven, uh, which was just unbelievable, man. Was, was it four bounces on the rim? Yes, yes. I will never forget. So the NBA team at forty minutes, and I have a group chat with the NBA team at forty minutes. I have a group chat with the large bid team at forty eight minutes as well. So right. the NBA team were like all kind of texting each other back and forth during the game. And I had never seen so many holy shits and exclamation points in a group text in my life until that shot. Um, and then, you know, Boston just didn't have it, man. There was just, it just didn't work. It was a mess. It doesn't make me sad at all because I have no love for the Boston Celtics. Same here. Yeah. Because of Paul Pierce, I just never liked the Celtics. <laughs> but he was better than Wade. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Those co- The comments he's made alone from this season slash postseason like him calling who's gonna win who's uh, yeah. oh man it goes back farther than that like there was a point last year early in the year where he said he would take andre drummond over anthony davis like he's always had like a like bad hot take like that um we've all been caught in hot takes let's be honest in the nba world but like those were atrocious is and- he like one of those guys that he's trying to like bet on the outlier and if he comes out on top i told y'all maybe um it wouldn't shock me I've always respected Paul Pierce. I think he like gets a bad rap as far as a player. I think a lot of people kind of try to discredit his career when really he was an excellent Celtic. I mean, he's a top 10 Celtic of all time. Um, but he's definitely frustrating because it does seem like he just says shit at times just to kind of bug people. Um, and also, like, I don't really know how much basketball he watches because there are times he says things and you just look at him and you're like, what, what, what are you talking about? So, obviously, like you said, he said after game one that the series was over. There's right. no way the Bucks could beat the Celtics, and they won the next four games and sent them home and ended Kyrie's Celtic run. So, before we get into the Eastern Conference, before we get to our uh, Bucks versus Raptors, the Bucks were on a tear. They are outscoring, out-dominating people. They are comparing their numbers back to, like, the Jordan Bull days, right? As yeah. far as their As far as their dominance on the court went? Um, they were pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So they they were. I mean, Giannis. I mean, no pun intended. He's a freak. I I, I don't understand how that guy does what he does. But anyway, so in, in the Eastern Conference, we saw the Bucks versus Toronto, which, I mean, just having Drake on the court alone at times was the comedy we saw from that. But what do you think put the Raptors over? Was was Kawhi just taking charge that? It was Kawhi, and then it was Nick Nurse's game plans. Um, you know, what he did to kind of really take Giannis out of the game was pretty impressive. The way they put their offense together, uh, they really exposed a lot of the things he still has to work on. I think, you know, for how great Giannis Antetokounmpo is and what we're seeing, you know, he's going to win MVP this year. He's not a finished product yet, man. And that's no, no. crazy and scary to think about. Oh, absolutely. Um, but... There's so much about Giannis that we're like, you know, he was hitting threes at the right times in games to end like end like runs for the Raptors and stuff like that. But that's not polished. He needs to get better at the free throw line because he kind of, kind of shacked them in their series against Toronto. Um, what so, do you mean by What do you mean by shacked them? As in they just held responsibly on him and just didn't pan out. If he was on the line, it wasn't going their way. Right. And, and what's weird is like before that he was decent. Or were, 
No, maybe I'm getting confused. I thought he was decent at the line before all that happened. I could be getting confused. I apologize. But no, no. <laughs> but uh, he definitely. I know. So that's that's where he's got to kind of improve. And um, or am I thinking of Embiid? Was it Embiid that was killing it at the line? Embiid's a very good free throw shooter. Okay, sorry. I yes. I think I was just getting the two tall guys getting mixed <laughs> up there. Um, so you we are down to the Raptors and the Warriors. And what's scary about the Warriors? Obviously, everyone knows how good they are. But they could be down 20 with five minutes left, and it's not over. No, it's not. It's not fair. So you're already playing against the best players in the world, the biggest group of talent in the universe of one sport in the NBA. So you can already count on, like, no teams ever out. But especially with them, because they do have those scenarios where they will be down. You know, you saw it in the Portland series. I mean, there was two or three games where Portland's up 15, you know, 15, 17, 18 and a half. And the Warriors kick into gear, and that's without their best player. Um, so that's it's nuts, man. It's it's impressive. It's fun, but you know, at the same point, like I can't imagine being at a point where like I have to root against them anymore. Like as a guy who just covers the league, I've gotten to the point where I can just watch them and understand it. Now that like there's no LeBron against the Warriors and stuff like that, I'm like, man, I can't. I don't necessarily want to see them win, but I'm not gonna pull against them right and i don't know if this is you know with me being a a dolphins fan uh for a comparison but i don't feel the same way about the warriors that i do the patriots does that make sense so okay how what's your what's your reasoning i guess because i'm a dolphins fan and for the Uh past almost 20 years now you got your (laughs) ass kicked by tom brady and bill belichick yeah, and it is, you know, once August and September comes every year, I just immediately slip into depression because of it. <laughs> See, man, and, like, I'm, you know where I'm, you know, I root for my hometown teams. Like, I, I don't even cover, I don't even watch the NFL anymore because of that, like. Yeah, I mean, that whole fiasco in Cincinnati, that's that's a whole topic for, you know, once we get closer to NFL. Yeah, I, I don't I won't know be your guy I, for that, no offense. No, I, I get that. <laughs> I, I get I get that. Uh, I do I don't know how people are happy being Bengals fans. I, I don't. They're not. But, I mean, I'm saying to stick with him. I just don't get Like, even my brother, uh, he became a Bengals fan in 05, you know, when they won the AFC North for the I first was at time. The Carson Paul- I was at both Bengals Steelers playoff games. Oh, oh, oh. Man, I was at both of them. So, I've seen the worst-case scenarios for two games <sighs> that you can imagine seeing. I was there for both of them. I walked into a viewing, like, I was, like, I went over to, like, a, you know, like, uh, people have people over to watch the game or whatever. I got there not even five minutes after Carson got carted off in 05. And I'm, like, the room is quiet. I'm, like, hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, not knowing what's going on. And, like, and all of a sudden they show the replay. I'm, like, oh, it's, all right, gotcha. All right, it's that night. All right. <laughs> yeah, man. I was, I'll never forget. Like, I've actually, if you go back and search my name on Bleacher Report. Um, back in the day, I wrote for them, and uh, I wrote an article about how the Carson Palmer injury is the loudest and quietest I've heard a stadium in the span of four seconds. Oh, because did they score a touchdown on that play? No, it was a deep pass to Chris Henry for like 70 yards. Palmer gets hurt because uh, Akeem Von Olaf rolls into his leg, right. and Chris Henry gets hurt on the same play. But it wasn't a touchdown. It was just a 70-yard bomb. Gotcha. Yeah, a 70-yard bomb. It was a beautiful bomb because I, I, I will say this, and I know a lot of, what a lot of people say to me. Um, 
I don't remember anyone throwing a beautiful deep ball the way Carson Palmer did in his prime, man. It was it was something. He, yeah, he was definitely someone who got hit by the injury bug and just never truly recovered in Cincinnati. I disagree with that. Oh, but also he had bad coaching, so. Yeah, like if you look at the year after, because everyone always is like, well, ever since he hurt his knee, it wasn't the same. And that wasn't true. Like the next year he threw for more yards. He had a higher completion percentage. He was the Pro Bowl MVP, which I know is the Pro Bowl. Um, <laughs> he went to the playoffs again with them and had, like, really consecutive years. And there's that year with T.O. and Chad Johnson where they were really bad. Like, they won four They won four games. But yeah, get still, your popcorn ready. Yeah, he still threw for a ton of yards and a ton of touchdowns. Like, he wasn't the problem at all. So when he was like, I'm leaving, and this is the why, and I was like, can't hate it. Yeah, he retired. Yeah. Yeah, but that's all of my football talk for today, Chris. I can't. <laughs> Perfect. Do yeah, I, I squeeze it all out of you. Perfect podcast over. All right, <laughs> all right. So back to the NBA Finals. Now, before we get into debating, uh, discussing these two teams going to get each other, I want to discuss two other teams, comparing them. Who are you taking? The 2018-2019 Golden State Warriors or the Monstars? <laughs> like, if Boogie and KD are healthy, who are you taking? Hmm. Well. Let's let's look. Let's just go down the list here, okay? All right. So, the point guard of the Monstars, if we go by 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 hindsight, was Muggsy Bugs. The one and only. I have his rookie card right here, Washington Bullets. By the way, mm-hmm. got it. Got it right here. I one of my him. favorite pictures of all time are him and Manute Bull and Bullets jerseys as teammates. Love it. That was a that was the tallest guy and the shortest guy, right? Correct. Yeah. Them next to each other was. And for me to say that someone's short because I met Muggsy in person and I tower over him, so like, it just to see that other picture you were just talking about, yeah. It's... He turned me down for an interview request one time. You got, so you gotta let me know because me and Muggsy are dudes now. <laughs> ever since I met him in Baltimore, so let me know and I'll, I'll hook you up with a connection. How's that sound? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, All right so Muggsy All right. is. Go ahead. So Muggsy. And then the team got big. So Grandmama. <laughs> Larry Johnson, yeah. Charles Barkley. Mm hmm. Patrick Ewing and Sean Bradley. So right. like, there wasn't necessarily speed on the on the court at that point for that team. No, Muggsy wasn't speed. He was more so just the handles. Yeah, so I'm going to say that that group probably would not be able to run with the Warriors. Um, so I will take the 2018-19 Warriors. I, I'm not arguing with you. I completely understand. So KD's ruled out game one, correct? Yes. Do you see him playing at all this series? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think um, he's traveled with the team to Toronto. Okay. So they're sure as hell. He's not there to not play game two. Right. Um. So. Because he would have just stayed at home if he wasn't going to play game two. Exactly. Because, um, you know, they're going to have three and four at ho- in, in, at uh, Oracle. Mm-hmm. And then I think it, and it, then it rotates five, six, and seven if it, it gets there, which I'm just going to tell you now it's not. Um, but I, I can't imagine he, tra- he travels just to sit on the bench. And then, you know, at the worst-case scenario, he might not play in Toronto, but he'll be there for Game 3, especially if it's 1-1. Mm-hmm. So what's the deal with Boogie, then? Is he is he coming back for this series? So just actually before we got on this, I was watching Steve Kerr on The Jump. Okay. Uh, which The Jump is the best NBA television talk show in the world. Um, it's actually the best TV talk, sports talk show in the world. That's Rachel Nichols, right? Rachel Nichols, Tracy McGrady, Scottie Pippen's on there occasionally. I, I love it. Wendy's on there from time to time. 
I don't have ESP anymore. Like I said, I got rid of cable, so I'm going to have to... I'll check it out sometime, whatever it's, it's on about. It's in a podcast format, too, so... Oh, just like the best of Mike and Mike. Well, then I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, maybe. so... Um, he was on there, and he was kind of talking about... Steve Kerr, of course, was saying that um, DeMarcus is scrimmaging. He's looking okay, but he's, he flat out says, like, the challenge I have in getting DeMarcus Cousins on the court is big men already have enough trouble keeping up with the speed of the NBA when they're trying to heal. And then you put on top of it, this Raptors team is really fast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when Boogie comes back, man, it's he's going to play against Marcus Saul. And I don't think it's a good matchup for him defensively. Like, Boogie's not a good defender. On top of it, he's got a bad leg. And Marcus Saul can shoot from deep. Marcus Saul kind of does a lot of different things. He's a really good pick and roll man. That was really what kind of like made his he made his name for himself in uh, Memphis with. So I don't have high expectations for DeMarcus Cousins in this series. Not to mention, like, go back and look at his numbers for his 30, 31 games he played this year with Golden State. He wasn't very good. So is he really needed no. for the Warriors? No. That's, no. that's that's a question too, because like Draymond he... Green's an excellent small ball center. Draymond Green's the most important guy on the team right now, in my opinion. He's doing so much. Um, but you know, you bring him up. So we talked about the old Draymond Green back in 2016. You know, the, the punch and, and the balls or whatever. Uh, one of the comments that I heard him make this this uh, this season that I I really love and something that I wish LeBron would do more of is he doesn't talk to the refs anymore. Like, he's focusing on just getting back is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing that from, uh, you know, someone who watches NBA every day. You're seeing – are you seeing this change his game? Is that a big, big plus for him? Yeah, it seems like he's getting back to being that Draymond Green before Kevin Durant got there. Um, and that's not just because KD's out. I think really he had a, had a change in attitude. And I think a lot of that really came from understanding that this could be it that after this year it could all fall apart and be done, depending on what Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and DeMarcus Cousins and Kevon Looney, is Sean Levinson going to retire? What's Andre Iguodala going to do? Like, it's all in the air of this could be it. And Kerr understands that, too. A lot of moving parts on this team, possibly. Yeah, for sure, man. So I think that was part of it. I think a part of it, too, was that he kind of is going to know his fate. Um, So Draymond is not a free agent this offseason, but he's a free agent for the 2020 offseason. Okay. If the Warriors sign Clay Thompson to a max contract, there's a good chance that he's probably not going to be a Warrior after 2020. Because they won't be able to afford him? That and his agent is Rich Paul. Who's – sorry, I don't know who agents are. Rich Paul days. as in clutch sports, as in LeBron James' best friend, as in – Oh, okay, got it, yep. So part of – yeah, that guy. Yeah, part of Spring Hill Entertainment – so someone who's going to do whatever it takes to get him the most money. Exactly. Gotcha. So a, a really good agent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, so with this series, this year, who other than, obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're thinking the Warriors are going to win, obviously. Yeah, I think. Um, I How think many games? Five. You think Toronto will get game one? I think Toronto's going to get game two. Okay. Um, I think they're going to get hit by the train that is Golden State first in the game one. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna, and Nick Nurse is really good at making adjustments, and he's going to make adjustments in game two, to get game two because he has to. Mm-hmm. If they lose both games in Toronto, they're done. There's, there's no series at that point. 
Right. And, you know, you have to – I think this is where the Cavs really struggled these last couple of years besides just not being as good as the other team is that they couldn't win on their home court. And that was really kind of what took them out of series. I mean, they had to watch Golden State celebrate in Cleveland last year because they could not find a way to win on home court. And albeit that was a disaster of a team. The fact that that team made the finals is – more more telling how good LeBron James is than people want to give him credit. They want to say three and six, but he took that fucking team to the finals. We'll get to I know, I know. It's a debate for another time, but neither here nor there. So Toronto's got to find a way to win one of these first two. They have it at their on their court. That place is going to be lit. We know Drake's going to be all over the place. Uh, apparently the NBA said something to the Raptors about Drake's... Um, I was going to ask you about that. I saw that pop up today. Yeah. What did, you, what did you see with that headline? I guess they basically said they tame him a little bit. Um, because, but here's the thing. They work out at the OVO of, uh, of facilities. He is a... Partial and, owner, right? He's an ambassador for the team. He is, oh, ambassador, okay. Yeah, like, Drake is the Toronto Raptors, so, like, I don't have an issue with the stuff he does. My thing, he... He makes the game exciting yes. by just being a spectator. Yes. You know, one of the things that I love, you know, people are saying that he's like the common day Spike Lee. Great. Because Agreed. there's there's nothing better than going back and watching Reggie Miller play in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. I mean, or, just... Or uh, Jordan's, Jordan's first game back in Madison Square Garden, the infamous Bloody Nickel game. Yeah. I mean, people like that who everyone... Double nickel, sorry, not Bloody Nickel. Right, I got what you're saying. Five five. Um, people who aren't sports fans still know who Drake is. Mm-hmm. People who aren't sports fans still know who Spike Lee is. So they're going to be what? Well, what's Drake doing tonight? Always watching the Raptors. Let's put on the Raptors game then. It, it's good for the overall game, in my opinion. He makes it exciting because, let's be honest, sometimes during the NBA game it's kind of boring. Like when you get in turnover transitions where they're still warming up and things aren't really going yet, and you have someone right there getting this whole stadium pumped up i mean that place is loud yes and jurassic park when every time they cut to that scene is that i think that image that they do all the time is, i know i want to do that sometime i think it'd be fantastic just to go watch a game in toronto outside yeah and if you remember too like the the league knows how tough it is to play there um it was so the year the Cavs won um lebron they they, they beat toronto the Eastern Conference finals in six games Mm-hmm. And LeBron was actually asked, like, right after the game, you know, they're interviewing him. They do the classic, like, Doris Burke's interviewing him because that's back when ESPN had the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, you know, LeBron, you you guys are going to the finals. You're, I think that was six straight years at that point. And like, how do you, he's like, first off, he's like, give it up to this crowd because this is insane. Like, this is awesome. Like, that was a really cool moment because it really showed, like, you know, Toronto's really got a special fan base and you're starting to see more and more of that and drake's a part of that right yeah yeah they've uh they've definitely had some ups and downs over the years you know with me being a Tar Heel fan obviously i was a supporter of theirs when they had insanity playing mm-hmm. for them but uh i mean um Kawhi, how long is he gonna be there this will be his last maximum of seven games in toronto what are they going to do <laughs> as far as to keep that fan base once someone like him leaves? Because he's – first off, can we talk about that fake pass real quick? <laughs> it was sick. 
I saw that and I my jaw instantly dropped because you know they compared it to the LeBron fake the LeBron pass earlier in the season. But how big are his hands inches wise? Do you know by any chance? I don't. I just know they're really big. <laughs> Perfect. That's great. I love yeah. It. All right. So you're saying Warriors in five. Mm-hmm. What is how much? Well, in that case, how much do the Raptors win by in their game that you see them winning by? Ooh, man, I uh, I think it's close. I think they're going to etch it out. But I think there's going to be a game or two where Golden State just runs them off the floor. See, that's that's kind of how I feel. Because like, if you were to say they're going to win game one, I feel like it's going to be a blowout. So a lot of people seem to think like this is very similar to 01 when Iverson and the Sixers played the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. And they won game one, and then they lost the rest of the series. Like, Tell me the last time Golden State lost game one. I have no idea. Yeah, I think it actually might have. I mean, they've lost one in, like, different playoff series here and there. But I think they lost game one the first year of the Cavs series. Yeah, because Kyrie got hurt that game. Oh, okay. And that was 15, and they haven't lost a game one in the final since. That That's an incredible stat because, I mean, they're, they have advantage from the beginning of every series now. They're not scared. And here's the cool thing, too. Talk about the Raptors. Uh, we made this point on uh, this week on our finals preview on our on the 48 Minutes Network. Kawhi Leonard's been up big on the Warriors in a playoff series before before he got hurt. Danny mm-hmm. Green was a part of that team as well. Mm-hmm. Serge Ibaka was on the Thunder team that was up 3-1. Mm-hmm. Marcus Saul was on the on the Grizzlies team that played the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals when the when the run began. Ooh, Kyle Lowry yeah. has been playing NBA playoff games for years. Um, you know, these dudes aren't afraid of this matchup. Like, they're not going to go in there and be like, okay, I guess we'll just kind of go there and watch them win a title. Like, these guys know what it's like to play Golden State in big-time situations. And so this is, I mean, this that's a cool thing for them. Like, that that's an advantage for them. So they've, I, I could be wrong on the step, but I think they've played them twice. The, they've played each other twice this year, and Toronto's won both. Uh, I believe both, yes. The first one was maybe the game of the year. Kawhi and Kevin Durant just went up and down the court, man. They were just both going nuts, and it was fucking cool to watch. Can just I say that here? Sh- dude, explosive content's always fucking on, dude. Okay. You can say whatever you want. Just making sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't catch that game, but were they, they were pretty much just having a shoot-off amongst themselves. Dude, it was like, do you remember like those old Miami-Oklahoma City, like LeBron versus KD games where they would just go up and down the court? It was oh, like yeah. that. Just, I'm going to go in my spot, you go in your spot, let's go until we miss. Yeah, that. exactly. Like Durant actually talked about that one time on Bill Simmons' pod. They asked him about like, what a regular season game he remembers. He talked about there was a game in Chesapeake Bay, which is the Thunderstorm Arena, mm-hmm. and... They just, like, him and LeBron went up and down the court, and they just went at it. And, like, I think this is maybe hot takey, but I don't care. Um, I think LeBron versus Durant is really up there in player versus player rivalry with, like, Magic and Larry. Hmm. So, as far as the talent, I can see, you know, where you're coming from. But, unfortunately, I guess the championships kind of separate the two rivalries, I guess? Not really. I mean, if you think about it, like, Magic and Larry played against each other in the finals four times? Three or f- yeah, and then on the other end, 
LeBron and Durant have played against each other three times. And, you know, like, those Lakers-Celtics series weren't always close. And if you look at the three LeBron versus KD series, LeBron won in five, KD won in five, and KD swept. But those two guys have been the best players in the world for seven, eight years. Those two guys have really elevated the NBA. Um, those two guys have really made – have started the era of the small forward. I mean, if you look back, Chris, here's your last ten – let's say the last eight NBA Finals MVPs. Okay. LeBron, LeBron, Kawhi, Iguodala, LeBron, Durant, Durant. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, basically Dirk was the last non-small forward to win the Finals MVP. Yeah, I mean, it goes into the fact that, you know, people are definitely a lot more athletic these days, too, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Like, uh, one thing I always, like, say, like, when I get to argue with my brother and, you know, other people is when, like, they compare Jordan and LeBron. Stupidest thing in the universe. We actually outlawed it. We don't do it on our network. Yeah, as you shouldn't. But if you are to compare them, my first reason of cutting it off is because LeBron plays against more athletic people. Mm Mm-hmm. Like hands, like Jordan was the freak athlete of his generation, and like one of the freak athletes, you know, he could run, jump, shoot, everything. Like when he did the half court dunk and the dunk on, I mean the free throw line dunk and the dunk contest, everyone lost their mind. That's like a warm up now. Like people just do that and they put it on Twitter. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Like, you, Especially you, you, like high school kids. Right, you see it all the time now. And obviously that's the thing with age. People repeat what others do. But I just think LeBron plays in a much more athletic league, whereas Jordan, in the, definitely in the beginning of his career, you know, to go against the bad boys, a more physical league. Is, is that – it's just dude. it's two completely different leagues. So, yes, because there was a dunk that Giannis had in the playoffs this year where he was on a fast break by himself, had two dribbles from the other side of the court still and dunked it. I, his first off, props to you for being able to say his last name because I just don't try. Uh, second off, yeah, you said he does two dribbles. He how tall is he? Seven foot. Yeah, I think right under. And so if he takes two dribbles, his strides he one stride he's going to the free throw line from the baseline, right? Basically, yeah. He's from <sighs> another planet. Yeah, I he's. I, I was lucky, so this was LeBron's last year in Cleveland. I, my buddy and I went up to a game in Cleveland, so they were playing the Bucks. So I saw LeBron and Giannis go at it in a game against each other, and it was really cool. LeBron had 30, and Giannis had like 44, but the Cavs won. I, I, yeah, I don't understand how these guys are this freakish you know to make a joke again but anyways so we just discussed warriors you think in five um i don't see it going past five four would not be a shocker if warriors swept honestly in my opinion not at all um but yeah i could definitely see toronto getting one i don't see it going past five um so yeah that's we both agree warriors are gonna win the thing for this year um but another thing I want to talk about NBA, you know, with me being a huge wrestling fan, you are a huge wrestling fan, even though you don't want to admit it at times, because, you know, we we both know that you were watching that Double or Nothing. I, who said um, I didn't want to admit it? I've talked about nothing but Double or Nothing. <laughs> like, that's all I've talked about for days. 
Oh, I mean, it was a fantastic show, which we'll get to in a second. But before we get to that, um, one thing in wrestling are heels. And they're the bad guys for those who don't know what a heel is. They are the bad guys. And NBA, you know, while we're still talking about this, they've had a history of really good heels throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And I just want to know from your perspective, because, you know, we have, uh, I guess, different fan bases just based off, you know, who we root for. Who are your top three heels throughout your NBA history, in your opinion? Mm. All right, so one's got to be Rodman, right? Because he literally played a heel in wrestling. Yes, yeah, and like, he was one of mine too, yes. Yeah, like Rodman's got to be one for sure. Um, hmm. Sheed. Rasheed Wallace is definitely on the list. <laughs> and I'll, I'll comment why I didn't put him, but go ahead. So Sheed was very much a madman. Um, and he was very physical and ball don't lie was invented by Rashid Wallace. And, you know, like that was kind of his persona, like, um, was being, you know, kind of being that physical dude that got in your head. And like the third is tough. So, so far you have two Detroit Pistons on the list. Yeah. But different eras of Pistons. Right. I still, even though she'd won a title with the Pistons, I still think of him more as a trailblazer, honestly. Okay. So I'm a Tar Heel fan. So, right. Yeah. So I I have just, you know, different thoughts about him. And truthfully the ultimate the ultimate heel to me was Miami Heat LeBron James because he took on that you're gonna hate Thank me, you. I'm gonna make you hate me kind of thought. Thank you. So we we have two of the same three. And I'm so glad because yes, I'm so glad you brought LeBron. He was the best heel, in my opinion, of all time in NBA basketball. He was like at the height of his powers in Miami too. Like that was the best he was. It was. Have, have you have you ever seen so many burnt jerseys? Hmm. No. What was what was more impactful on a fan base? LeBron taking his talents to South Beach, or Hulk Hogan joining the Outsiders? <laughs> I mean, seriously. One and the same, right? Because when that happened, if you saw like a lot of people made those photoshops with like Wade and Bosch on Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and LeBron yeah. and Hulk Hogan. Absolutely, um, and they were the new world order of the NBA. It was awesome, man. It was um, it was something you hadn't seen. So actually, it's so funny you bring this up. Um, a, last summer, I did the Wrestle Special, uh, my our buddy Travis Tubasink show. And First off, if you guys haven't listened to the Wrestle Special, do it. Fantastic show, and by far the best theme song I've ever heard. Continue. Forty eight minutes is a close second, by the way, because we got a real rapper to do it for us. <laughs> Actually, not even. It was done in the NBA 2K11 soundtrack by Mega Ran. And Mega Ran said, yeah, you guys can use it as long as I get a credit. Oh, so shout out Mega Ran. And also, we have State Champs on our other shows, who's a really popular pop-punk band. Like, they're basically the modern-day Newfound Glory. So, we'll fight that. But, yes, Travis's music is amazing. But, anyway, <laughs> Travis and I did a special. So, you know, it's not as a Travis's show is he tries to say wrestling, Geek and Bears Wrestling too different things like wrestling is harry potter what houses are these guys in we -hmm. did wrestling as the nba as an episode and um we did a thing where we compared stables to current to like current wrestling stables to nba like what nba teams would be these these stables and it was actually a lot of fun we had a blast doing it um i think i had said at one point the miami heat were the I think they were I said they were the shield because the three the three guys and having the mastermind that was, um, I it's been so long but I think I said like, 
I compared the Nexus to, um, how did I compare this? I think I compared the Nexus to, like, kind of that, um, that I think I compared it to, like, the Charlotte Hornets, honestly, like, the early 90s Hornets, because they were this young, athletic, up-and-coming team that really had a small window. Things mm-hmm. like that, so it was, it was right. fun. So if you don't mind me, I don't want to steal his whole show. Obviously, guys, go check out the Wrestle Special. Uh, but with me being a huge Flair fan, did you label the Four Horsemen? I did. And who was that, if you don't mind me asking? I believe, if I remember correctly, I said that they were the Boston Celtics. Okay, yeah, that's... The Fantastic Foursome of Bird, McHale, Parrish, and whoever the hell, Dennis Johnson, with Flair, you know, you name it. The roster of Hall of Famers, so right. it makes complete sense that the Celtics would be the four horsemen. I, I, I totally appreciate that pick. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, Rodman, as I said, I agree with that. Um, and obviously LeBron, in my opinion, he was the best heel of all time. Um, my other heel, and just because you know I, I grew up a Bulls fan. Um, Still am, with, unfortunately. With Jordan, you know, every, if you weren't a Bulls fan back then, it's because you were a Knicks fan. And to me, um, Patrick Ewing was just a heel to me. And it goes back again to him playing at Georgetown and me being a Tar Heels fan. So I guess, you know, that kind of, you know, he tries to goaltend every single shot that goes up in the sky. Uh, so he, he just always seemed like the third heel to me. I was in a press conference with Patrick Ewing this year, and that was scary. Was he sweating the entire press conference? No, but he was very short in his answers, um, and it was oh. cool, man. It was like, so I got to ask him two questions, and I was like, I guess, I guess I peaked. <laughs> you know, like, he. So I just take he just doesn't say much. Um, not when they lose, but I mean, I've been in so many press conferences, man. Where like I very rarely hear a coach that loses that wants to talk. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you, yeah, you definitely don't. Except for I mean, Mick Cronin, but we don't want to get there. I have a lot of mean things to say about that man. I yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure you know of you know the situation that happened with a UC player at the club I worked at. So mm-hmm. I'm sure Luster. Yeah, so you know my thoughts on UC as well. I'm, I'm not a fan of that school after how they handled things. So guys, that's gonna be it for the part one of two. Um, definitely check out the part two if you're done listening to this. And uh, as you can tell, this one, you know, we had a pretty good talk, like 45 so minutes worth. Uh, the next one's about an hour, so that's we definitely had to split it up so like people, you know, weren't losing track in one episode. Uh, but yeah, so that's going to be it for the NBA talk, and then we'll, we'll be seeing you in part two.